Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this lovely, crisp and cool fall evening in Pittsburgh. And I, as I always say, I hope it's nice and pleasant wherever you are in Steeler Nation, whether you're listening or watching live or listening on another day or time after the fact. And before I continue, I would please ask you to like and subscribe to our Behind Still Curtain YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every day and night, including this show. We have the Steelers preview that aired on Thursday night with Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis. Touchdown Under, which streamed earlier on Friday with Maddie Peverall and, and uh, Mark Davidson. Uh, we have Steelers postgame stuff. After each and after each and every game, <clears throat> if it's if it's a normal time like this Sunday at one o'clock, it'll be Jeff, Dave, and Brian. If it's a primetime game, you'll catch uh, Kyle Christ and his crew on the West Coast live. We have, of course, we have the Scobro Show with Dave Scofield and Rich Scofield on Tuesdays. On Wednesdays, we have uh, Know Your Enemy with Jeffrey Benedict and. Shannon White. On Monday nights, we have The Hangover with with yours truly, Brian and Shannon. We have We Run the North with Kevin Tate and his crew. They they discuss all things AFC North related. Uh, We have State of the Steelers, which I believe is a a live show. But uh, you can catch that every week regardless. And, of course, you can catch all those shows after the fact on any audio platform. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find Behind Still Curtains podcasting family. And, by the way, you can catch all those live shows on Facebook as well as they're happening, which if you're on Facebook right now watching me, hello. And, of course, we have a whole host of audio-only shows that you can catch each and every week, including uh, Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman. We have the stat, the stat Geek with Dave Schofield. We have the uh, War Room with Maddie Peverall. We have, gosh, uh, uh, the Steelers Fix with Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar. We have, did I say from the cutting room floor with Jeffrey? We have that one. We have, what else? What, what am I missing? I'm missing one of them. Uh, gosh, Bad Language with, uh, with Brian. 
So you can catch all those on any audio platform of your choosing. And of course, check out Behind the Store Curtain, the website, bring you news, commentary, film breakdown. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers' needs. And we bring you uh, so much content each and every day. And you can't you can't skip a day without checking out Behind the Store Curtain. And let's check out the live chat. We have Jared Devil, Drake Johnson, who joins us from Facebook. And Jared Devil's the first one in tonight, by the way. He finally gets a victory on Friday night. George Teston, who says, hey, Tony. Stacy Lynn, I haven't seen Stacy in a while. She says, hello. Kathy Ford, Lon Campbell. So, I'm so glad to see you guys with me tonight. Have you guys on board. Let's have ourselves a good... Kyle Christ is here. Kyle Christ, of course, the legendary stand-up comic from the West Coast. Who hosts, oh my gosh, what you was talking about. How could I forget that one? That's the audio only. I'm glad he, I'm glad he showed up. My memory, Swiss cheese tonight. But you can catch his great show each and every week. Him and, uh, I, I'm not even going to say the name. I can't, I, forget, I can't forget, I can't remember the name of his co-host. But gosh golly, Kyle Christ is, is on there. So he's here with us tonight. And he's always bringing us great content. On the uh, audio side and on the editorial side. So check out Kyle. Check out the rest of the crew. And I'm glad you all are with me tonight. Let's talk Steelers. Of course, they uh, dropped one and three. Thanks to a really kind of depressing 24-20 loss to the Jets last Sunday at Acroshore Stadium. Uh, The game started out as every other game has for the Steelers this year, at least on offense. Meaning they did very little over the first 30 minutes with Mitch Trubisky as the quarterback. I mean, there were a few promising moments in that first half, uh, namely the what would have been a 25-yard touchdown strike from from Trubisky to Deontay Johnson in the back of the end zone. I thought it was Trubisky's best pass as a stealer, but it's a game of inches, and, and Johnson's left toe just barely grazed the out-of-bounds uh, marker, and they called it incomplete. Pittsburgh had to set up for a field goal, and they had to set up for another one at the end of the uh, first half after it was really a gift. Uh, Trubisky heaved a, a Hail Mary pass into the end zone with no time left, and uh, he was uh, – who, who, who was it Lon, uh Carl Lawson, somebody, I forget, I should have did, did more homework. But, but anyway, uh, a Jets defender hit him late after he let go of the pass. Why? I don't know. It was a silly move, a silly mistake by the Jets in that in, in that uh, situation. And Chris Boswell ended the half with a untimed 59-yard field goal, the longest in Acroshore Stadium history, Acroshore slash Heinz Field history. And it tied the longest in Chris Boswell's career. And it was your typical first half. It was boring, sloppy, mistake-filled. Again, uh, nothing much from the offense. I think the de- I thought the defense played a good first half. Uh, they, I think they, they, they saved the they kept the Steelers in the game, especially at the end of the first half when, when Cam Sutton intercepted a, a Zach Wilson a pass when it looked like the Jets were going to extend the 10-3 lead to either 13-3 or, or more, 20-3. And that kind of set up the, uh, the the finish of the first half and, and, and the field goal by Boswell. So I thought it was a good, a good half by the defense. And then shocking to us all, Kenny Pickett, came on in the second half to, to to start the Steelers' first possession of quarterback of the second half, and I was shocked. And it seemed to energize the uh, Acroshore Stadium crowd. Everybody was sitting on their hands over the first 30 minutes, and who could blame them? Again, it was a pretty pitiful offensive uh, performance by Trubisky and company over the first uh, two periods. But when Pickett came in, people went nuts. Acroshore Stadium came alive. It seemed like the offense rallied around Pickett. Um, 
And after a, uh, after he threw an interception, which, you know, it's debatable as to whose fault it was. It was either him or Chase Claypool, since we all love Pickett right now. And he's the, uh, the golden boy. Of course, most people are blaming Claypool, but it was, you know, it was, it was an underthrown ball. There's no question. And Pickett did throw in double coverage. But yes, Claypool could have made a better play on the ball. Either way, it was an interception, but the Steelers uh, answered right back with a uh, Mickey Fitzpatrick interception off of, a, off of a tip pass, and he took it down to the the Jets' four. And a few plays later, Pickett uh, took it in himself. A great second and third effort uh, for a touchdown to give the Steelers a lead. And on the ensuing on, on the Steelers' ensuing offensive drive, uh, Pickett ultimately scored on a on a quarterback keeper again to make it twenty to ten early in the third or fourth quarter, and it looked like it was going to be a a just a great day of celebration for the folks at Acquisher Stadium, the, the Steelers fans watching on TV. It was going to be a a a wonderful beginning to a, a new chapter, an important new chapter in, in team history. But instead of uh, closing things out right then and there, the defense that had been so good through the first three quarters, I mean, it really was good. I thought it was its best performance up to that point without TJ Watt, you know. It, again, they were lacking in, 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 uh, in sacks on, on the quarterback, but they did put a lot of pressure on Wilson. They only got to him one time. Still, though, all in all, it was a good, it was a good first three quarters. And then suddenly, uh, the uh, the defense just collapsed. There's no other way to say it. You know, they they, they kind of just let the Jets march down the field to answer that um, touchdown drive with a 11 play, 81 yard touchdown drive of their own. Wilson looked magnificent on that drive, both uh, through the air and with his legs and. And he, he found Corey Davis to make it 20 to 17. Um, but but the, the Steelers had something promising going on, on, on the uh, ensuing drive, uh, especially after after Pickett found George Pickens on a, just a beautiful 26-yard back shoulder uh, catch and, and uh, a, a throw and catch from, from, from uh, down to the Pittsburgh or to, to the Jets 31. And it looked like they had everything lined up for, for no worse than a, than a, a field goal try, but on the, on the very uh, next play, there was a communication problem between Pickett and Jalen Warren on, on, a, on a long uh, pitch out, and it was fumbled, and Warren recovered it, but they lost five yards. And on the, the very next play, uh, Pickett threw an Ill, Ill, ill-advised pass uh, under pressure, trying to find uh, Pat Frymuth on the sideline and it went off of Frymuth's hands. It was, it was, it would have been a, 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 just a great catch by him. It was a, it was really out of his reach and he tipped it and the Jets intercepted with less than four minutes to go. But it is worth noting that they were at their own 34 at that time or 36, I should say. Uh, so they still had 64 yards of, uh, of real estate to navigate to try to score the game winning touchdown. So, you know, people act like that that turnover happened deep in Steeler territory, but it really wasn't. You know, the, the, the defense did not have to uh, allow a touchdown drive at that point. They could have, at the very least, limited New York to a, a long field goal drive. But instead, you know, uh, they just let Wilson just methodically drive the Jets offense down the field. And... um Brees Hall, the rookie running back, scored with uh, 16 seconds left from two yards out, and that was all she wrote. There was one more, one more uh, last gasp by Pittsburgh, a hail mary attempt that was intercepted uh, as time ran out, and that was it, 24-20. And to me, it was it was the, the third straight game that that the Steelers could have won, but let slip away in the second half, starting with the New England game. In week two, followed by that Thursday night uh, game again in Cleveland, and of course uh, uh, New York on last Sunday, and I think it was it was the third straight game that the defense let let the, the team down 
uh, in this, in, you know, in, in the final period, th- three weeks in a row. Um, you know, you, you, we, we could sit here and talk about it all day long about how the offense is fully to blame for all this. But, you know, when I, when I blame the defense for these, these uh, three losses, it's not like I'm absolving the offense. I think people always want to choose sides in these situations. So I've been critical of the defense this week. Um, and people are like, oh, what about the offense? Oh, it's the offense's fault. But I'm not denying the offense's uh, hand in what's been going on these past three weeks. Clearly, the offense is deficient. Certainly, it was under under Mitch Trubisky for, for three and a half games. But but you have to open your eyes and 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 see that this defense has let this team down, especially late in games this season. You know, when when you have supposedly a, a great defense, a talented defense, a high-paid defense, the highest paid in the NFL, then you should expect some more than what it's given you up to this point. And yes, TJ Watt's been out for three, three weeks, and that's true, and that's a big impact. And I talked about that multiple times on this show, that TJ Watt's absence was going to impact them greater than people realize. But, you know, what's, what's the deal with playing so well up to a certain point in the game and then situationally you just collapse and this has been a hallmark of bad Steeler teams throughout my life the defense just collapses at the end of games you know we saw it in uh 2018 we saw it back in 2012 we saw it in 2009 i can go all the way down all the way down through history and 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 name pretty good Steeler defenses that just didn't get the job done when it counted and and that made it a not so good defense in the end. So yes, the offense has been bad, but the defense has been a disappointment too. And it's not just because TJ Watts been out, and it's, it's not just because they're all tired. You know, Jeffrey Benedict uh, published a, a great informative article on Friday on Behind the Store Curtain, talking about how the uh, maybe the biggest problem, aside from of course TJ Watt not being there is that the decline of the defensive line over the past few years. It's just not as dominant as it was as recently as 2019 when you had Hayward, Alulu, and and, uh, and, and Tuit, and I think Hargrave, was Hargrave still here then? So, I mean, it was a fantastic line back then, but, you know, Hargrave left, Alulu eventually got old, uh, Tuit um, kept dealing with his injury issues, and he, he ultimately retired. After last season, didn't even play last season, so he retired really after 2020 was his last year. So that that unit is not the dominant force that it, that it had been for many years. So that just as much as what may explain why they they can't seem to get pressure on the quarterback on a, on a consistent basis, and uh, you know they can't get off the field on third downs, and you know they're they're getting gashed in the run. Not so much last week, but overall, they, they've been uh, a liability against the run. The defense has as, as a whole, and that's it starts with the defensive line. You, you know, to further illustrate my point about about this defense at the end of games, um, the Jets had I think ten first downs through three quarters, and then they had nine during those those two touchdown drives when Pittsburgh took that 20 to 10 lead, that's not acceptable. You know, if you're, if you're supposedly a, a good defense, if you want to be elite, then you have to close these games out. And, and it's three weeks in a row that they couldn't get it done in the second half. And you can keep, you can, you can cite, you can cite uh, exhaustion all you want, but the, the Steelers uh, possessed the ball for longer than the Jets did on Sunday. And it wasn't like they had to play catch up in time of possession in the second half. the, time of possession was pretty much even all throughout the game, you know, and and in fact, uh, the Steelers went on a long touchdown drive to make it 20 to 10 before the the Jets uh, went on their long touchdown drive to answer that in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter. So it's not just about exhaustion. It's not just about playing more plays, more snaps than any team in the, any defense in the NFL through four weeks. It's about not executing. It's about, not being able to compensate for 
for the loss of what? And yet there were other, other injury factors in that game. Terrell Edmonds went out late and that certainly contributed, but overall, it's not just about the defense being tired and, and the, the defense being a victim. It's the defense being, uh, being below the line, to quote Mike Tomlin, not being able to, to do what it needs to do. And the funny thing is, you know, the fans are always so quick to defend the defense, but these players will tell you that themselves. It's they're, what they're doing is not good enough for, for the kind of players they have on that side of the ball compared to what they have on offense right now. They're really, you know, the plan that they had coming into this year, at least, you know, when, before Kenny Pickett debuted, uh, was going to be, you know, keep games close, keep, keep the scores as low as you possibly can in 2022 and, 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 and try to win the game in the fourth quarter. Well, that plan worked once in Cincinnati in week one. And that let's be real. That was luck in a way because the Bengals long snapper got injured and that affected uh, the Bengals kicking game. Otherwise the Pittsburgh might be 0 and 4 right now. So the plan, the blueprint that Mike Tomlin drew up to start the year, be conservative on offense, keep games close, win it with your defense. Well, the defense didn't, hasn't, hasn't hold up, held up its end of the bargain through four weeks. And again, yes, it's because TJ, it's probably because TJ Watts hasn't been in there, but that was kind of my point through after the first game, why I was kind of alarmed and why a lot of fans were a little bit alarmed and, and, and worried and, and doing the whole gloom and doom thing because the margin for error, again, was, was razor thin with this team and you take away their best player and you see what happens. It affects the, the defense and, and, and uh, big picture, it affects the whole team. So it was not a, uh, not a, not a, 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 a great start to the year. And I think a lot of people fought after that week one, after stealing a win in, in Cincinnati, that maybe they could benefit, they could, uh, these next three, the, the, the subsequent three games, they had a, a great shot to start out no worse than three and one. And now they sit one and three and they have the toughest part of their schedule coming up, starting with uh, the bills this Sunday at Highmark stadium. And that's going to be a tall order. 14 point underdogs, the largest point spread since the merger for them. So, I mean, that to me, to me that tells you all you need to know. And that kind of uh, segues into my next topic. And that's about Pittsburgh being in a rebuilding year. I wrote about this on Friday. Deontay Johnson made a bit of a bit of a headline on after the game by quote unquote admitting that the team is in a rebuilding year. And you know, the media, I listen, you know, I listen to talk radio all the time and local talk radio, especially. And you know, they tried to make it into a big story, but it was kind of overshadowed by Kenny Pickett's debut. But they tried to make that into a story. Like, can you believe that Deontay Johnson admitted this? The Steelers never let their their players uh, say the word rebuild. I'm sure he got a tongue lashing by Mike Tomlin. I'm sure he got he got chewed out by Art the Second. You know, so they tried to make it into a story. Um, you know, how, how could Deontay Johnson admit this? Well, I mean, he doesn't have to admit it. He didn't have to admit it. It's quite obvious, and it should be obvious to everybody out there who's watching me right now or listening to me. Uh, this is a rebuilding year for the Steelers. First of all, you know, they, they lost their, their starting their franchise quarterback, the face of their franchise over the last 18 years, they lost him to, to retirement, you know, and, and he was a shell of his former self the last couple of years anyway. So you, you had to go out and replace him and you replaced him with Trubisky in free agency. And then you, you went out and you drafted a quarterback in the first round. So, you know, you don't do that. If you think Trubisky's the guy, you, you draft a, a quarterback in the first round, round if, if you think that, you know, you need a new direction for your franchise, ultimately, at some point. And, you know, nothing signals uh, new direction more than a young rookie quarterback that you picked in the first round. And, you know, I talked about this two weeks ago, this offense, you know, people keep racking their brains. What's wrong with this offense? Why can't this offense get it together? What's wrong with Canada? You know, 
these play calls are so un unimaginative. They're so un they're so predictable. Well, let me tell you what. I could predict a lot of the plays that they were going to run in 2017, 2016, 2018, 2015, that, that golden era of Pittsburgh offense. And the opposing defenses rarely stopped those plays. That's how good that offense was. And the offense that was here five years ago, starting with, with the offensive line, Ben at his best, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, uh, you go down the line, that whole offense is gone. You know, it's, it's, it's been uh, replaced by players who up to this point haven't lived up. It haven't, haven't even come close to living up to, to the level of the standard that those, those players uh, set for offense in, in, in over the last decade. So you have a whole new offense, you have a defense that's, that's also searching for answers, despite the fact that, that um, it has better players on that side of the ball, starting with Mika Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, you know, but you have a whole new secondary, or at least uh, you have a whole new uh, group of cornerbacks, starting cornerbacks from just two years ago. When you're talking about uh, Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, and and uh, Mike Hilton, you have three new guys there. Uh, you're, you're transitioning over to, to, to youth on the, on the uh, defensive line. Uh, you brought in Miles Jack to replace Joe Schobert. You're still trying to figure out what you have in Devin Bush, the guy you you traded so much uh, three years ago to move up move up to draft tenth. So I mean, you have you have Alex Highsmith uh, replacing Bud Dupree, who was at the height of his powers two years ago. You know, so you have a you know yes, you have a, a talented defense, but still you have a defense that's that's been rebuilt. So this 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 team is definitely in a rebuilding year. And, you know, you know, if you look around at the rest of the NFL, what's going on with the, the truly elite teams and, and you watch how they play, you watch how they, they play on defense, you watch how they play on offense. It's not even the Steelers up to this point and really for quite some time have not even been in the same ballpark as those teams. Maybe on defense at times, we saw that in week, in week one in Cincinnati, how this defense can perform if everything's uh, running perfectly, if, if they're running on all cylinders, if they have TJ Watt in there, you know, but spe especially on offense, you know, the, um, the, the things that the te teams like the, the chiefs and the bills and, you know, even the Packers and, you know, so many offenses out there, the way they're able to, to move the ball, the Ravens, you know, the Bengals when they're, when they're, when you're hitting on all cylinders, it's it's not even comparable to what the Steelers have been able to do in recent times on offense. So if you're the Steelers and you're the fans of the Steelers, you better hope, as my title said on in my article on Friday, you better hope this is a rebuilding year. Because if 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 this is their idea of being a contender, then they're insane. Clearly, they're insane. If they think that what they have going on right now is any match for what they're doing in Buffalo or, or Kansas city or, uh, you know, even Tampa, you know, I can list a bunch of teams, LA, you know, chargers are coming are, are coming on now and look like they're a team that might be a, uh, a true contender with uh, Justin Herbert, you know, these kind of teams, the Cowboys look fantastic. The Eagles, you know, I mean, if you think that what you're, what you're running out there every week is, is even close to what these true contenders are, are, are running out there, then, then you, you guys all need a reality check because it's, it's, it's just not even close. So yes, it is a rebuild and, and yes, it's going to take, it's going to take some, some time to, to figure some stuff out and nobody should be ashamed to call it a rebuild. Nobody should be ashamed to, to or afraid to, to, say what, what's really going on here. And that's the Steelers are, are trying to, to get back to where they were, at least where they were five years ago when they went 13 and three. And they're trying to get back to the table of the elites of the league and, and be put in the same conversation as, as, you know, the chiefs bills, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, put it this way. Would 
the Steelers team of five years ago, even though the defense was kind of mediocre, you know, even when Shazier was still was still uh, the you know leader of the of that defense, that team from five years ago with Ben and AB and Bell and everybody and that awesome line, with that team playing against this same Buffalo team, would that team be fourteen point underdogs, or would that team be maybe a two or three point underdog, or or would it be a pick'em game, you know, on the road? At Highmark Stadium, I'm I'm guessing it would be no worse than two, a two or three point uh, uh, point spread, you know. And and the way Steeler fans go nuts for a, a good Steeler team, I wouldn't wouldn't shock me if they were if they were if that 2017 team was favored to beat these Bills, you know. So, uh, you know, any Steeler team that's a 14 point underdog, to me, that's a team that is certainly going through a rebuilding phase. And if it's not, then wow, they have, they have a, uh, they have a lot of changes to make at the top. If they, if they truly think that this is the best that they have to, to offer um, the, you know, as far as competition. So that's that topic. And let's get back to some more positive stuff. And that's Kenny Pickett. Let's get back to the Kenny Pickett uh, debut. And, you know, as critical as I've, I've, I've been of this team this season, I'm still a fan at heart. And, you know, when I saw him walking out onto the field to start the second half, the, the Steelers' first possession of the second half, I mean, the fan in me came out. I was like, I jumped up like, Wow. I can't believe it. It's starting now. He's coming out now. This is great. You know, I was over at my uncle's house and I just jumped up and cheered. You know, it was, it was, it was an exciting moment. You know, I mean, I, I remember where I, where I was when Ben Roethlisberger was drafted. I remember where I was when he made his debut against the Ravens in, in, in the middle of the game to replace an injured Tommy Maddox. And, you know, here we are 18 years later. I, I remember where I was when, Pittsburgh selected Kenny Pickett. And now I can say, I'll always be able to say, I remember the exact moment when he made his debut, when I saw him wandering out onto the field with his uh, offensive mates uh, to, to start the second half. It was, it was a great moment. And, and he made it even an even greater moment by, by how he, he comported himself on the field, by how he conducted himself. I mean, the offense under his leadership looked competitive like i said on monday on the hangover it looked competitive for the first time this year truly competitive you know uh it looked in rhythm you know it looked like it could do damage to to opposing defenses on a consistent basis you know and of course he led them the two touchdowns but you know the, the two rushing touchdowns that you know people are like oh i can't believe you had two rushing touchdowns and not two passing touchdowns but that that's semantics what i was impressed with is you know, some of the throws he, he, he made, you know, the, the two back shoulder passes to, to Pickens specifically that, that 26 yarder you know, near the end of the game. I mean, those are, those are big time franchise quarterback level passes that you have to make if, if you want to be that guy. And, you know, the, the play he made to Fryermuth when he stood in the pocket, he, he faced down a, a, a free pass rusher and, and, found Frymuth uh, down the middle and, and set up a, a second touchdown. And of course he got up talking trash to the guy. I mean, that that's a big time uh, throw. And, 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 and that's the kind of poise you want to see from a rookie. I mean, I was impressive. I mean, there's no other way to say it, you know, and, and you hear things uh, throughout the week from his teammates saying how they, they, you know, they, they, they felt energized with him in there and, how he took command of the huddle, his first game, his first NFL game. He's telling them to listen to him as he, as he, you know, look at me, I'm calling the play. That's what I heard them talking about this week. You know, pay attention. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm calling the plays, you know, that's leadership. That's what you want from your quarterback, whether he's a first year guy or a 10th year guy, that guy wants to take, you know, you want that guy to take charge and believe it or not, his teammates want him to take charge. They want the guy, the quarterback to take command of the huddle. That's what they want. They want to be led, you know, down the field. They don't want to be told what, you know, they don't want to be bossed around, but they want to be led. They want, they want the quarterback to be their leader on the field. 
You know, they, they want somebody to believe in on the field. You know, they want they want to be able to look in that guy's eyes and know that, you know, he believes that he can he can lead them to victory, he, that he can make them better as players, as individual players. So yeah, that's what you want. And that's to be looks like the kind of guy that Kenny Pickett might be. It's 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 early. Obviously, it's early. And he might wind up being a bust. You never know. It was an exciting debut. And the point moving forward is, you know, after Mike Tomlin named him the starter, which was not much of a surprise. I mean, once you put that guy in there, you have to keep him in there. You know, he's your he's your first round pick. Um, you can't y- yank him in and out of the lineup on a whim from, from here on out, unless he's injured or unless he's playing so bad that that you might you might uh, totally uh, – uh, hinder his development moving forward. He's in there, and now it's his time to 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 grow with his guys and to grow with the team and to grow as an NFL quarterback. Um, and you know, to me, the most important thing that comes out of this year is yeah. And yes, I want them to ra- to rally and 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 get back in in in, in the hunt. And yes, they are only a game out of first place, despite being one and three. Uh, I want them to, to, to do well. I'm a fan. I want them to have a successful, a successful year ultimately, but more, but the most important thing is Kenny Pickett's development this year. And for them to feel better about themselves, at least at that position by the end of the year, than they did coming into the 2022 off season. You know, it, it's important that they exit this regular season, knowing that Kenny Pickett, is their future believing it anyway, believing strongly with evidence to boot that he is their future at the position. Regardless of what their record it winds up being, whether it's, you know, they somehow, you know, yeah, five and 12. Um, the, the important part is Kenny Pickett's development because the quicker he develops, as I've said many times, that's 90% of the battle when it comes to the NFL is finding that guy. You, you, you see all these quarterbacks out there, right? I mean, you see, you see uh, what you're dealing with in terms, you know, with guys like, like Allen, you're, you're going to see that big time on Sunday. And, and uh, of course, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just, that's just the AFC. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's, becoming a, a, a star. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of competition out there and a lot of these guys are young. So, you know, if you can find your, your own young stud, then you can get, you can find the seat at that table perhaps. And of course I'm fairly confident that the Steelers, if they do find the next great quarterback or at least the next really good quarterback, and even if it's so soon after Ben, I'm fairly confident that they're going to do whatever they can to, to build the team around him, you know? So it's going to be, you know, it's been a disappointing first four weeks of the season, but you know, this picket uh, news and him um, sort of uh, rejuvenating uh, the offense on Sunday, that kind of, makes me excited again to, to watch these last uh, 13 games or these next 13 games and to see um, his, de- his development, how the offense grows under him. And who knows, maybe it, maybe it leads to something. Maybe he sparks them to a, uh, a successful final 13 games and they, and they go on to win uh, nine or 10, who knows? But to me, that, that gives us something to, it was in, it was inevitable that he was going to start at some point in 2022 provide, you know, you know, unless Trubisky was just lights out and the offense was lights out. Um, so now we, we can get to sort of watch Pickett grow as, as, as fans. So that starts this Sunday um, against the bills and it's going to be a, a tough task for your first NFL start. If you're Kenny Pickett, to play that team. And yes, they have some injury problems. Um, Micah Hyde is, is out for the year. Uh, Poyer, Jordan Poyer, their other starting safety. He's going to be out for this game. 
Um, Dawson Knox are starting tight ends out. Jamison Crowder, one of their receivers, is out. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, they're probably their best defensive player. Uh, he's questionable. Of course, Trey White's still out dealing with an injury. But that offense, that Bills offense, uh, it's just so potent. You know, with with uh, obviously Allen and Stephon Diggs, Devin Singletary, the running back's pretty good. Uh, they're going to be a handful. They're going to be a handful. And, 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 you know, Allen, you know, people talk about Lamar Jackson, but Allen's almost every bit the runner is, 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 uh, is Jackson is. I mean, and plus he wants to run you over too. You know, he likes to take off and run a lot. And he's going to be, you know, you know, guys like Miles Jack and Bush and, you know, they're going to have their hands full trying to keep, trying to uh, keep him contained uh, on the ground. And that's when they're not, uh, you know, in, you know, in pass coverage, you know, Troy Edmonds, uh, he's questionable. Uh, Cam Sutton's questionable going into Sunday's game. So that's going to be a tough task. And I don't see at this point, I don't see any way that the offense or the defense can, can shut down the Bills offense uh, enough to keep it a competitive game. I can kind of see it being competitive early you know, maybe through two quarters. And I can see the offense behind Pickett um, doing some things. But in the long run, I, I, just, I just get a, get the feeling it's going to be a lot like the uh, wild card game against the Chiefs last year. Uh, the Bills offense is just going to get rolling in the second half, or at least maybe by the end of the first half, and just keep on rolling until they've secured enough, uh, secured enough points to, to win in a rather comfortable I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, uh, be a, a fantastic uh, story to g- go in there and win that game, but that's not what my mind is telling me right now. Not even my heart is telling me that at this point. So, but it's going to be an, it's going to be a, uh, an exciting day though to, to tune in and watch that game and, and to, to focus on Pickett and um, what he brings to the table as far as as far as his, uh, we know he has moxie and, and swagger and confidence, but what does he bring to the table? Is uh, is as a rookie quarterback? How far along is he in, in in his development already? You know, coming into the year, coming into the draft, I should say, he was uh, considered to be the most uh, NFL ready quarterback in the draft. Well, he you know, played a lot, and he played for many years in college. He fifth year uh, senior. He's 24 years old, so let's see how that that all that college experience and, and that confidence and that maturity how, how that translates. Excuse me, talking too much. All right. On that, I think I'll open things up to some questions and comments to close out the show. And this is one from from. Uh, Davin Eugene Douglas from Facebook who asks I'm, I'm lagging in here who asks can the run game keep Kenny upright enough to win it uh, well I think I think that the running game has been improving he, he uh, uh, the running game the running game's uh, been improving uh, I think we saw that in, in Cleveland we saw it a little bit last week um, with uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, um, I think they're going to try to run. I think I think they should try to run, uh, especially if they can keep it close. If they can keep the game close, if they can some, if the defense can somehow manage to to uh, keep Allen and company in check uh, in the early part of the game, I think it would be uh, <coughs> excuse me paramount to uh, try to at least establish the run and keep going back to it. I mean, that's one way to, to protect your rookie quarterback. Uh, co- no matter how much confidence he has, you still want to try to protect him, If you're, I'm sure, if you're Mike Tomlin. And this one is from Wright Nighter 16 who says uh, about Kenny Pickett. He struggles to throw the ball deep with accuracy. He doesn't have a strong arm. Well, he has a strong enough arm to be drafted in the first round. I think we've we certainly saw enough evidence of that at Pitt. 
And this is one from, from uh, Myra, Jane, and Bert, who says, if they can't defend the run, they can't win, meaning the Steelers. Or, yeah, that's been a problem for them. But I don't think the Bills aren't much of a running team anyway, you know. This one from Steelchick46, who asks, will Pickens or Fryermuth become Kenny's favorite target? Well, I mean, th- those are both good choices, it would, it would appear. Um, and isn't that what's so beautiful? about having all these young guys in there. It's another uh, exciting thing about starting over and rebuilding. You know, you have this young quarterback you drafted in the first round and you have this uh, rookie receiver you drafted in the second round. You have this second year tight end you drafted in the second round in 2021. You know, I mean, they have, they all have a chance to grow together and you, you know, still have, you still have Claypool in there and, and obviously Deontay Johnson still, still young. So you have this, you have this, uh, exciting uh opportunity to, to grow as an offense and, and the line is playing better than people thought it would you know shooks core four is going to have his hands full going going up against von miller on sunday but to repeat what others have said he's done really well against miller uh during his short career so you know uh will pickens or frymuth be his favorites but i'm, I'm sure he's going to try to lean on them you know Again, excuse me for my cough. Um, we heard all throughout training camp how all three of the quarterbacks that were in a competition, how how they leaned heavily on Pickens, a rookie. So, you know, he's as good a candidate as any for you to to lean on if you're Kenny Pickett. And, and his two greatest throws, again, were two, I think, to Pickens, the the, the, the one back shoulder. Actually, two of them. And then the... the uh, Pass over the middle under pressure to Frymouth. I don't think it's much of a coincidence that they were his two best passes of the day. So, and this is one from Brian Brown, who asks, "How can the Steelers adjust the secondary to keep the receivers from burning the defense across the middle, crossing routes, or killing the Steelers?" That is a great question, and I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think that the best the best way to do that would be to to hurry Josh Allen to hurry the the uh, to get pressure on whoever the quarterback is, yeah, but they haven't been able to do that this year. So that that you know open, when you're playing you know they, they've been playing more zone for whatever reason than man to man. I mean that, there seemed to be a shift a few years ago to man to man. Now they seem to be back to playing more zone, if I understand things correctly. So I don't know. You know we saw that prior to them switching over to more of a man-to-man years ago, especially in the early 2010s when Dick LeBeau's defense got old and they, they had a harder time getting to, after the quarterback. You know, the, the middle of the field was exposed all the time. So, you know, unless you can get home to Josh Allen, you know, or unless you decide to play tighter coverage, uh, which might be harder to do, if, you know, you're going to be without Killer Witherspoon. Uh, again, Cameron Sutton is, is compromised with injury. Levi Wallace has had his injury problems this year. Uh, you know, I think they're gonna they're gonna try to play more zone. They're gonna try to double Stefan Diggs, and he might be the best receiver in the NFL. So it, it's gonna be a tough task. I think they're gonna have to try to find a way to generate pressure, which I'm sure they've been trying this year, and it hasn't happened yet. So I don't know. That's a great question. That's a great question. And this one from Michael O'Malley. Tony, did a Steeler score a TD on the opening drive? Well, if you if you if you've been following sports as much as uh, as I have, as we all have, then you know how these things tend to work out. You have your your golden boy rookie quarterback um, starting on the road, you know, against a very formidable foe, one of the best defenses in the NFL, by the way, in, in the Bills, even though they're gonna, they're going to be down two starting safeties. And maybe Edmonds in the middle, um, but wouldn't it be funny, you know, if they somehow decided to, if if if, if, if you know, that would be like the, the, the script right there for uh, for Pickett to to lead them on a scoring uh, an opening touchdown drive. So it wouldn't. Sh- I mean, it would shock me, but it wouldn't shock me. Hopefully, hopefully that happens. That would, that would be a great way to start that game. And this one is from Ryan Stanley, who donates $5. And I thank you, Ryan. Have a blessed show, Tony. Love you, brother. Well, thank you, Ryan. I love you, too. 
And thank you for the five dollars. That's very, very, very awesome of you. And this one from Brian Brown who says, "Blitzing Josh Allen is dangerous." Exactly. It's 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 it's. He's a dual threat. I mean, he's a he's the worst kind of weapon if you're a, de- a, a, a defender. Not only does he love to run, but he can he can he can pass too. You know, so. And this one is from uh, Myra Jane and Bert. Give Robinson a helmet. He is for sure a short tackler. Well, I mean, no, nothing's for sure yet with with uh, with Robinson. I mean, he's a rookie, but he certainly had a nice uh, training camp. I don't know why he hasn't. I'm sure he's going to get he's going to get worked into the lineup at some point this year. It, it, it tends to happen with these uh, with these rookies, especially these these uh, late round picks. And this is one from Brian Brown, who says, "With that said, what do the Steelers have to lose? They don't have anything to lose. That's 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 what, another exciting part. They're one and three. Nobody's uh, nobody's giving them any, a chance this week, so they might as well just uh, instead of being all conservative on offense. I mean, you have your your young quarterback. He, the moment doesn't doesn't seem to be too big for him. Why not? Why not uh, let loose a little bit?" You know, so we'll see. We'll see how Canada uh, calls things to start the game because we all know the first 15, 20, whatever plays are scripted. So I'm going to be very interested to see how the early stages go with Pickett in there, knowing that that they had a whole week to plan with him being to be the starter. <clears throat> Mark Toman says, you got to gamble. Yeah, you know, I mean, a team like the Bills, you have to gamble. Uh, to think you're going to win this game 17 to 14 or like you did last year, 23 to 16, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. There's just no way. First of all, you're not, you're, you don't have nearly the defense you had in week one of last year. You know, when you had a healthy and apparently uh, spry Tyson Alou still, and of course, Cam Hayward and TJ Watt was going to have, you know, going to have the best year of his career. You know, you, you don't have that kind of defense right now. So, you're probably going to have to score a lot of points to win. The question is, do they have it in them to score the amount of points that they need to keep this game competitive? I guess we'll find out. And this one is from Lou Boy, who says to Knight Rider, he had 12 TDs in year two, 13 in year three and four, and then 47 in year five, talking about Kenny Pickett, his pit career. He really... Uh, took off his final year at Pitt in 2021, uh, leading the Panthers to the ACC championship game. And now he's awesome. He, he, oh, oh, he's, uh, he's, he, he's, um, he, he's dissing Kenny Pickett. He says he, pa- he panicked under pressure every year in college and he panicked when he threw the interception to Muth. Well, he didn't throw it to Muth. He threw it, he threw a pass to Muth and meaning Pat Fryer Muth and it went off his hands. And, uh, he didn't panic a whole lot last year in college. Uh, as far as the the the, the pass to Fryermuth, I mean, people say he, he panicked, but that was a good. I mean, that was a at least it was an accurate pass anyway. It's not like he he threw it into into triple coverage over the middle of the field. He was trying to make a play, and it was a rookie mistake. I'm not sure if he I'm not sure if he panicked. I mean, panic's a, a strong word to use there. He might have been hurried. Uh, trying to make a play in the face of pressure but panic i mean if he, if he was prone to panic why didn't he panic earlier in the game when he threw that that strike to fry me through the middle when, when the uh the linebacker was coming free i mean that's an easy thing to say uh in that mo- you know after the fact and this one from myra burton jane who says i'm optimistic about sunday any given sunday well it is. It has been a crazy year in the NFL. If you, if you, you know, I didn't, I didn't see the Colts beating the Chiefs a few weeks ago, and that happened. So you never know. I mean, of course, the common denominator in a lot of these, uh, these crazy uh, games, uh, has been the Colts. Of course, that was to their benefit. Of course, usually it's them getting defeated by underdogs. But uh, one more thing I'll say about, about Kenny Pickett and, and Pittsburgh's decision to to uh, go with him in the first round this year and, and, you know, all the clamoring 
throughout the off season uh, about bringing, bringing in a veteran, a big time veteran, like a, an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, et cetera. Well, you see how much, how much Wilson has struggled. I mean, that offense in Denver looks terrible. Even Rodgers doesn't look like the guy that he was. I mean, he looks pretty good, but I don't, does he look like he's a $50 million a year quarterback? I don't know. Uh, of course, Matt Ryan is totally shot uh, in Indy. He looks like he's totally washed up. So I think, you know, I was always an advocate for bringing in a guy after Ben retired, drafting a guy in the first round, if there was a guy available who warranted a first round pick and putting him in there as quickly as possible and letting him take his lumps his rookie year and letting him develop and grow. Uh, it took them three and a half weeks because they decided to sign Trubisky early in the year. And I get that. I get why they did that. I mean, it was the beginning of free agency. Uh, they had just lost their, their face of their franchise. They were drafting 20th. And what were the odds that every quarterback would be available to them at 20? So they, they went out and they, they drafted Trubisky to be sort of be like an insurance policy, I think, for 2022. Um, but then when Pickett was there at, at 20, you had to draft him. You had to, you know. And it was just a matter of time before before uh, he went in there. So I, 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 would, I would always prefer to do it the way they're doing it right now. Whether it works out or not, I guess it remains to be seen. But I would always prefer them to to bring a guy in and put him in right away, uh, you know, a rookie, rather than sign some 37-year-old veteran to try to, you know, get a few more years out of him. Uh, you know, maybe if you're if you're one guy away, if you're if you're a quarterback away, you know, like the like the Broncos did 10 years ago when they brought in Peyton Manning, that's a different story. But if you're if you're trying to start over as an organization after your franchise guy retires, what are you doing? What are you doing signing a 38 year old quarterback or trading for a guy like that? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. You want, you want to start young on that note. It's getting up close to the 10 o'clock hour and I will, a, this show went pretty fast. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's, it's over, but you guys were great. Uh, keep checking back to behind the curtain all weekend for, for editorial stuff and for podcasting stuff. And I'm going to keep you uh, entertained and informed up up through the game on Sunday, during the game on Sunday, you know, check out the live chat. And of course, after the game, check out the post game stuff, both uh, in written form and in podcasting form. So I talk to you again on Monday on the hangover with Brian and Shannon. You have a great weekend. And as always go Steelers. You guys have a fantastic, great weekend. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Take care, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.